tortoise. Hello, I'm Claudia and this is The Sensemaker from Tortoise. One story every day to make sense of the world. Today, recent reports have suggested that there's a hidden epidemic of spiking in the UK, including people drugging drinks or using needles and even vapes. But the data is complicated and unreliable. So what's really going on? That's after a short break. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Is it an epidemic? It is. It's a hugely underreported crime. Spiking is back in the headlines. In the year ending April 2023, police received more than 6,500 reports of spiking. 74% of the victims were women. The average... That data comes from the National Police Chiefs Council, and it was cited in a recent Sunday Times report that called spiking a hidden epidemic in the UK. But with so few victims coming forward to the police, the true figures look to be much higher. The story said that people, especially women, are being drugged on nights out and that the police response is often inadequate. Understandably, it sparked fear and horror on social media, particularly because the newspaper reported that people were being spiked not only through their drinks, but with injections and vapes as well. At Tortoise, we've been reporting on this issue for several years. What we've learned is that the data isn't great, partly because people don't report spiking for lots of reasons. So we caught up with experts to understand what the latest figures really tell us. The first thing to say is that, you know, all of these experiences that people have, they are real. You know, what the person experiences is and what they report, they are they are telling the truth about what they experience. This is Adam Woff, a training coordinator for the drug checking charity We Are The Loop. He's an expert in drugs and alcohol, and he's sceptical about some of the more sensationalist stories in the press, like needle spiking, which first emerged in 2021. I think with needle spiking, um, there was a lot of there was a lot of attention at the time, um, both in the media and there was a lot of um, social media promotion of stories relating to needle needle spiking. So quite a few stories went viral around it. We then saw a number of allegations that were sort of firmed up or that were made to um, police forces. But from that, there's been almost no confirmatory evidence. So there's not been any prosecutions for needle spiking. To the best of my knowledge, there's not been any confirmatory evidence in terms of toxicology that an incident of needle spiking has occurred. Adam and the other medical and drugs professionals that we spoke to all agreed that administering drugs by intramuscular injection is really difficult and it's painful. They say that it's highly unlikely to be happening at scale. But the epidemic of so-called needle spiking is still reported as fact in the media, as are other equally shocking stories like vapes being spiked with the anaesthetic GHB. 
to the best of my knowledge, I am pretty certain you can't smoke GHB. GHB is a salt that is dissolved in a liquid and the sort of doses that are required, I don't think GHB can be vaped and I've certainly not heard of GHB having been vaped. Another misconception is that the majority of spiking involves a stranger putting a so-called date rape drug like Rehypnol in your drink. But actually, we know that spiking is much more likely to be perpetrated by someone you know, with alcohol, rather than a sedative, needle or vape. One seven-year study from Norway found that just 9% of people presenting to sexual assault centres with suspected drink spiking symptoms had sedatives in their body that they didn't take themselves. Most drink spiking occurs via alcohol, um, so there are occasions when someone may presume that they've been spiked as a result of someone putting an illicit drug in their drink. But it might be that they're at a party and someone else pours a drink for them and they ask for a double and the person puts considerably more alcohol in. The issue with all this is that the concerns about needles, vapes and date rape drugs mask the much bigger issue of drink spiking with alcohol and party drugs. Another problem with the data is that lots of people who suspect they've been spiked don't report it to the police at all, and therefore they never get tested. When it comes to drink spiking, we know that some drugs like GHB are eliminated from the body within about 12 hours of drinking them, so they don't get caught if tests are done later. But often, spiking data is reported without any of this important context. Adam Woff thinks that increases anxiety, especially for women who already have to be hypervigilant when they go out. It also means that governments and venues sometimes focus on the wrong things in response to spiking. So what should they be doing instead? We'll have more after the break. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Some places provide self protection kits like lids for drinks to help people feel safer on nights out. But Adam Woff doesn't think measures like that go far enough. What should be looked at is supporting people who are vulnerable, protecting people who are vulnerable, staying with friends and having a culture of safety in the nighttime economy. There are lots of other things that need to improve, like better coordination between the police, venues and hospitals. But we are moving in the right direction. I think that there has been quite a lot of progress. Probably the example of best practices in Bristol, where you've got the campaign led by Bristol Knights of agreed protocol, including drink spiking screens that are left with venues, how allegations can be escalated to the police, how evidence can be preserved, and adopting an approach that from the outset people will be believed. If you think you or a friend has been spiked and are feeling unwell, call 999 for an ambulance, especially if there's loss of consciousness, breathing difficulties or impaired sight. You can call 111 for other non-urgent health concerns. If you can, you should also make sure you alert the venue and report it to the police as soon as you can. Not only does it make a proper investigation more likely, but it also helps improve data on the issue. There's then early testing done um, and that the results of that early testing is then collated so that we know 
roughly how many people believe that they've experienced spiking and that when they come forward, what are the results of the testing? I think that's a really sort of important starting point. Thank you for listening to The Sensemaker from Tortoise. This episode was written and mixed by Patricia Clark, who's reported extensively on spiking, including a 2022 episode of the Slow Newscast about needle spiking specifically. You can listen to it by searching for An Injection of Fear wherever you get your podcasts. Tortoise. Hello, it's James Harding. I'm Tortoise's editor and I'm the host of The News Meeting, the podcast where three people debate which story should really lead the news. On the most recent episode, we were joined by the businesswoman and campaigner Gina Miller, who discussed obesity and people dropping out of the workforce. We also discussed Russia's push into northern Ukraine and the feud between Drake and Kendrick Lamar. To listen, search for the news meeting on Tortoise News wherever you get your podcasts.